Welcome to the Wealth is in the Details podcast. In this podcast, financial planner Peter Raskin helps families and business owners understand and prepare for their wealth journey. Along the way, thoughtful and detailed planning can provide clarity and confidence as clients confront a multitude of financial decisions. Listen in as Peter shares stories and insight into people's wealth journeys. Now, let's get into today's podcast. Hello and welcome to Wealth is in the Details with Peter Raskin from Raskin Planning Group. Today, Peter has a special guest on and that is Amy Roberts. Amy Roberts is the founder and owner of Out of the Box Moves, located outside of Boston in Belmont, Massachusetts. Peter, good morning. How are you? I'm great, Eric. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. I'm I'm excited that you've brought Amy on. Um, I'm very interested. I was a mover for about three years, way back when I could lift <laughs> things, lift heavy objects. <laughs> so uh, it'll it'll be interesting to hear the conversation. I know that she doesn't own necessarily a moving company, so I'm really intrigued as to what she's doing. And and this podcast specifically, you've titled "Home is Where the Heart Is." So what are we talking about today with this? Yeah, today uh, I'm really excited that Amy joined us, and and we're going to be talking about the probably the most personal and, and important uh, thing that everyone or many people have, which is a home. Mm-hmm. And uh, next to family, I, I think our home and, and sometimes the possessions inside the home are are probably our most meaningful and, and emotional attachment that we have. So f- for that reason, uh, it's it's really on everyone's mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I thought we'd do is, is talk uh, talk to Amy about what what she does and how she does it. And I think our listeners will be will be intrigued. Um, I do want to just re- remind um, our listeners that that we did a podcast uh, with a very successful realtor, uh, Deborah Lucci. Uh, that was episode 31, The Art of Downsizing in Boston. And Debbie's uh, really a successful realtor who's worked worked with lots of people in their 50s, 60s, and 70s, and, and that, that looked to transition from the large home to the small home. Mm-hmm. And in that conversation, we talked about um, getting ready for the move. And um, today, uh, Amy will talk more specifically about that and how it's really one of the most stressful aspects of moving, which is the preparation and and, and managing that move itself. Fantastic. I'm intrigued for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to be fun. So Amy, um, if you would tell, give us a a bit about your background and your company and why you started your company. And, and I do have that question, you know, you have, it's, this is a move management company, not a moving company. And if you could just describe the difference, I'd appreciate it. Sure. Thank you so much, Peter, for having me. Um, looking forward to having the, just this discussion. So, yeah. So when I went to college, actually, I studied so- sociology and psychology. And after college, um, after a few jobs, I became a marketing director for many years at a retirement community. And that's how I really got started with working with seniors. But as they were coming in and signing the lease and sitting down and thinking about how they were going to move into this new community, they started saying, wow, I really could use some help. Who's gonna get help me through this process and getting me organized before I move? And I thought about it, I said, what a neat concept uh, to help seniors move from their, 
from their home to a retirement community. And after doing a little researching, I found an organization called NASM, National Association for Senior Move Managers. And it's wonderful about this organization because it started out and there was a very few um, companies that were doing this. And what they do is they provide education and training for you to become a certified senior move manager. So soon after that, Out of the Box Moves was born and we began helping people with their moves. Um, and it was wonderful. So they, gave, they really did give me the tools to get started. And um, as you mentioned, often people will ask me, what's the difference between you and a mover? Why can't I just hire a mover? Well, the mover is actually going to pack everything, <laughs> first of all. So they're not going to do any of the sorting and they're going to do the heavy lifting. So they're going to move all the furniture and the boxes and then they will load the truck and unload and they're not going to unpack. So as a move manager, we assist with the whole sorting process, coordinating coordinating of the movers and setting you up in your new home, unpacking everything and putting it away. I said my background was in sociology and psychology, and I'm telling you now it has really played a major role as a move manager. I always say that the move is 75% the emotional transition and 25% the actual move itself. Oh, I, I can imagine it. I mean, you know, people have, have lived in their home for so long and uh, it, it is it is such an emotional time to leave it, and uh, it, it's it's so important that it be done carefully and, and correctly. And so, so you're working with moving companies. You're just managing yes. them and the whole process. Exactly. Yeah. So it's it sounds like uh, most of your clients uh, have been in their home for decades. They've raised children. Uh, most likely, they've accumulated a lot of stuff, like like all of us. And uh, it just seems that these kind of attachments are are often more about memories than anything. And it's really hard to give the, give up things if they're moving from the large home maybe to a smaller uh, residence. So could you comment on that? You're absolutely right, Peter. It is a loss for many of my clients. People are very attached to their home. And many of my clients have been in their home for 30, 40, 50 plus years. And over the years, they've actually collected a lot of things. Back then, people collect a lot of antiques. It was popular to buy antiques. Um, and a lot of my clients had a collection of Hummel figurines. And also, I remember way back when, even when my sisters got married, it was common for people to register for China. And right now, it's hard to get rid of China. So as we say, we love and we cherish our, our items, our things, and we want to hold on to those because like you just said, it's those memories that we want to hold on to, which we all have a hard time letting go of. Yeah. So it's, it, it's, it's real, isn't it? It is real. And, you know, people say, well, I don't only have my set of China. I also have my grandmother's set of China. <laughs> so, you know, some people will have two or three sets of China. So we have to go through this process, which one's your favorite one? And distinguish on what are we really, what do you really love and how are we gonna take that? Yeah, and, and it's just around China, uh, just one example. You know, we, we entertain differently today. You know, I, mm -hmm. I, I, we, you know, life is more casual and, and uh, we're not bringing out our China. And it's just, it, it's just different in our kids' 
the our kids are are taking a different approach to these things as well. So, you know, many families I I, I imagine are are in a situation where they've got these wonderful memorable items and they don't know what to do with it. Yes. Uh, and and there's a reality that that they're going to have to um, give up some of these things. And and I think what's really interesting to me, just personally, as I relate to personal planning and, and investments and that aspect of what we do for our clients, you know, it's a lot of it's behavioral. And one thing I've commented in the past on, a, on previous podcasts is, is this co- a concept of, of, of how the pain of loss is greater than the pleasure of gain. And in, in this example, uh, having to downsize, getting, getting rid of things, it, it seems so painful for people because they, they attach to those memories and, and that pain of that loss may be greater than the pleasure of the new residence or the new circumstance. Right. Um, do Do you agree? Oh, I absolutely. And sometimes getting through that, you know, I just, for an example, I had one client who was really attached to her grandmother's couch And it was tattered and it was time to let go of the couch. And she was really upset that she had to let go of it, but she knew it was the right thing to do to move forward into her smaller home. So on um, the clean out day, we actually, I had taken a little swatch of that couch. I cut out a piece of the fabric and on her move-in day, when she moved into her new apartment, I had given her this little gift and I had put the swatch of fabric into a shadow box. And when she opened this gift, she cried because she didn't have to take the whole couch, but she had that small little swatch, which was just a little, you know, a little piece of the couch, but a lot of memory of that couch. And she will cherish that little shadow box, I'm sure forever. So we do try to help clients get rid of the items that they love and cherish, but in what way? Maybe taking a picture of it, maybe, you know, giving it to someone who will just, will appreciate it as much as they did. So we go through this process as we're trying to have the client let go of all those memories, but it is very, very difficult. Yeah, that sounds it. That's a just a great, great and wonderful story. So thanks for sharing that. So, so Amy, who who are your typical clients, and and why do you find that they're uh, hiring a move manager? Well, I think my my there is no typical client. First of all, um, my clients range in you know any age and any situation. Um, so of course we have the traditional move, which is one home to another, and it could be in, you know, the similar, a similar town or out of state. And then we have the downsizing piece where it's people who are coming from their big house in the suburbs into the city to a smaller place. Or we have the people like we were just talking about who have been living in their home for many, many years, 40, 50 plus years, and they need to downsize into a a retirement community. And then lastly, it's, you know, the parents who pass away and the children are left with the home and they need to get it ready um, to go in the market. So we tend to help them with 
dispersing the items inside the home, and it could be to them or to donate or sell, and then putting it on the market so they can sell. You know, I just, it's so interesting because I, I, my personal experience just with our own family is that that can be, it's, it can be just as hard for the kids. Yes. It's it, a daunting it, task. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Not, you know, just, and, and there's so many of those, those attachments and memories uh, for the yeah. family. And so that can be a really tough process as well. Yeah. So, so Amy, could you describe your, your typical process? You, you may not have a typical client, but do you, do you have a process that you take, uh, take everyone through? We do. And I, I think why, you know, as you asked, you know, why do people hire a move manager? And I really think honestly, why is because we provide, not only are we a single point of contact for the whole process, but we handle all the details from start to finish. So we provide reassurance and information to the client where they may not have some of this information, antique dealers and such. But most importantly, I think, Peter, it's such a stressful and overwhelming time that we relieve that emotional strain of moving. So as you know, moving is is overwhelming and we provide that service with that support. So we're we're doing a lot of handholding. Well, it's it's vital cuz you know most people are are really haven't moved that that often. I, You're I, right. <laughs> you know, so yeah. it, 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 you know, maybe they move a few, a, a few times a year uh, in their lifetime, uh, exactly. usually more when they're younger and but when yeah. they reach a certain stage they're there for a long time. Yep. Uh, I, I do have one client that is a serial mover and yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's a builder. And so in the past, every few years, he would, he would build a home. They'd move into the home. They'd live in that new home for a year or two and then sell it. <laughs> oh, so yeah, that's could, not, he won't, he won't need a move manager. Maybe no, <laughs> they do not. But most, most of us do, I think. Yes. So I'll, I'll go through the process a little bit about what we do. But the first process is really to get the home ready for sale. So when we're doing that, we have to sort through everything. We're labeling what to keep opposed to sell or what to give to family or donate. And I want to take a minute to discuss how we assist the client with this decision-making process, because that is what is so difficult for all the clients, is how to get how to make that decision on what to keep and what not to keep. So every client makes the final decision of what they want to bring with them, but we can help them make that decision by asking them specific questions. So for example, we'll say if they're looking at a, you know, an iron, well, when's the last time that you used it? And now I'm noticing you have two irons. So is one broken? Will you even need one? And then we keep on going, depending on what the item is. How many do you really have? Does it have emotional value to you that you absolutely can't live without? So as we're going through the process, we're asking them these questions, and they are making that decision themselves, actually. So after that is done, we'll pack all the items up that they want to keep that are not appropriate for staging. And then when we're staging, we are using not only a combination of the client's furnishings, but uh, we have our own decorative items too to make the house ready for sale. But in the interim of all that, when the house is on its way to selling, we are 
working on their new home. So we're doing a floor plan for their new house and we're discussing what items that they want to bring, especially the furniture pieces that they want to bring to their new house. And also we're discussing options of maybe new pieces of furniture to buy because we also go out shopping with our clients to pick out new furniture. Hmm. But once a, once a house sells, we then start the preparing, preparing for the move. So we're, we're, like I mentioned, we're coordinating the movers, assisting with the packing, and then we're setting them up in their new home after the movers. Um, so it's a lot of work, um, you know, especially we're working as a team with the client. But once we put everything away and we make their bed and hang the artwork and they walk in and they say, wow, I can't believe it. And they do. They do fall in love with their new home. It, it's a roller coaster ride emotionally, but they do in the end fall in love with their new home. Absolutely. Absolutely. The question for you: What what's the um? How long does the process take? So, for example, the uh, the, the the decisions about what to keep, uh, looking yeah. at items. I mean, does this, this take days? Uh, do you recommend? Uh, weeks, you know, how, what, uh, there, what there's horizon? no average because it all depends on how big your house is. It also depends on how much is in a closet <laughs> or cabinet. So you really can't um, say how long it would take. But I can tell you that we do work four hours at a time. So we're not working a long day of eight hours. We're working four hours with that client doing the sorting. And after that, it's exhausting because the client is making all the decisions. So it can be tiring after the four hours. But every house I go into and I do a consult and I will let you know ahead of time how many days I think that it would take to do the sorting process. You know, I, I imagine that many of us... Um, Again, I'm talking personally. Would uh, would would really uh, benefit by having uh, you come into our home once a year? <laughs> yes, <laughs> I wish we could do that ahead of time. If everybody could prepare and just pretend that they're moving, <laughs> yeah, we'd be in good shape, right? <laughs> Absolutely. So you know, w when we're when we're moving, when we're downsizing. I, I, I think the reality is, is that you don't want to, you can't, you just can't keep everything. So there's right. you know, wonderful furniture, these collectibles, the, the crystal, the China, you know, the rugs, yes. all your stuff. So, so, you know, your kids, your grandkids may not be interested in, in, in a lot of the things, especially the big things. Um, right. maybe, maybe they aren't settled. Maybe you're, they're not ready to keep them. Uh, or they don't want to. So, so what's a family to do? You know, there's storage, there's sell, there's give to charity. How do you talk to your clients about making those decisions? And then where do you sell these things? And, and, and how do you actually go through the process of giving to charity? Right. So although it is very difficult um, to sell items, we do have, um, trusted relationships with vendors, um, antique dealers, consignment shops that we do business with. And what we end up doing is taking a picture of those items and sending it, emailing 
that to the antique dealer or the consignment shop. And then they are letting us know if they want to buy it or not and for how much. So it is a little bit of a process, but it's worth it because I think for the most part, our clients are happy to sell it and they want somebody else to um, enjoy it as much as they do did. Um, because the clients have that emotional attachment, it's hard to let go. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, though, I do want to point out that the value of these items have changed over the years, and they are not worth as much. So some of my clients will express to me, well, I paid so much, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago for that dining room table. And it's sad, but the, the market is not the same anymore. Uh, so you have to sell it for a lot less. Most of my clients don't really want the things to end up in the landfill. So we try to find a new home for their belongings. If it's selling it or maybe donating it, as long as it's in good condition, we're able to find a charitable organization in need to give it to. So I think it all comes down to just finding that right home and the client is really happy about it because they want somebody to appreciate it as much as they did over the years. Sure. You know, there's so, so much to, to be, to keep organized. How do you, how do you yeah. actually do that? How do you consolidate? You know, what's well, the process? I find it hard. Well, we try to just categorize items into five groups to keep it very simple. And our first group is, what you're going to keep, what the client's going to keep. Our second group is what to give to family or friends. Third is sell, then donate, and then discard. Um, and we will coordinate various vendors to help expedite this process. So like I mentioned before, getting an antique dealer in, calling charitable organizations. And if we have family that want certain things, maybe it's not much, but they may be out of state, we'll assist with the shipping of those items as well. So it's going through this process, but ultimately I always say to the client, you're number one. So you pick what you want and then we go from there. So, so talk about the day of the move. What, what's your team doing, doing on that day yeah. and <laughs> for both the, the old home and the new home? Yeah. Um, well, it is, as I mentioned before, um, you know, if the client is moving from a home of many years, this day will be emotionally difficult. So we will often ask the client if they prefer to leave for the day and we'll take care of the move. I mean, that's what's so great about having a move manager is that we can facilitate the whole moving process. So more often than not, you'd be surprised, but they are willing and um to leave because they know that emotionally it's going to be hard. But when the movers arrive, we essentially do a walkthrough around the home, distinguishing what items need to be packed or wrapped before loading the truck. So my team is overseeing all the movers, as well as doing some of the last minute packing of some personal items um, for the client. But once the movers arrive at the new home, then we also oversee the furniture placement and we will also have the movers place the boxes into the designated areas um, so we can continue unpacking. And right before the movers about to leave, we will have the clients come in to give the stamp of approval that they like the placement of furniture. And then we continue unpacking with the client 
So then they may have some say in where they'd like things to go. And then we, after we're unpacking, we will make the bed and we will hang up the furniture with the client. The client typically has a some place that they would like to hang their pictures, but we also help out with um, kind of designing the room with them and saying where the best place will be for these for these pieces of art. So it's a long day. Um, sometimes we split it up in two days, but it is amazing by the end of the day of the movers, um, when they're unloading, we really are trying to unpack every single box and make it look like home. That's our goal. Uh, it just must be such a relief to have, um, you know, all the decisions being made well ahead of time, uh, knowing that you're, you're, you're all your, your really valuable and important things are being treated carefully and, and that the move is going to happen without a hitch. I mean, that just is a great uh, sense of comfort, I would think, for people. Yes, it's a lot of planning. <laughs> yeah, right. So, so tell us about your team and, and, and what, per, what kind of person is, is, is good at this kind of work? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm very fortunate to have um, a wonderful team. And I think the qualities that you need to have for this type of position is really to, to be patient, to be understanding, to be kind, and just really to be able to work with the client in a way that they feel comfortable. Um, I'm also very fortunate because uh, some of my team members are not only friends that I have known for many, many years, but I also have a lot of cousins that work for me. So when it, it's wonderful because when you work with out-of-the-box moves, you really do become an extended part of our family. Because sometimes, like I mentioned before, we're in your home for a very long time, you know, sometimes two days a week for several weeks. So we get to know you and we get to know, and the client gets to know the team member. And it really turns out to be a really nice relationship between the team member and the client. Oh, that's nice. Obviously these services cost money. It's not for yeah. free, but how, no. how do you determine the cost? Yeah. So we charge an hourly rate for our services. So the first step is, um, to call our office so we can discuss in detail our services. And then we'll schedule a complimentary consultation. Um, I'm the one actually that comes out to do all the consultations. And why I do that is because I really like to meet the client so I can pair them up with the appropriate team member. Um, I think that's what makes this work is having that team member that you can um, identify with. And it makes that relationship of letting go a little bit easier. So you typically have one team member that will remain with you through the whole process from beginning to end. And so Amy, what's the best way for uh, someone to reach out to you? Well, you can contact us through our website, um, outoftheboxmoves.com, or you can call the office at 617-835-7742. Well, this has just been a, a, a wonderful discussion and, and I think so valuable to, to so many people. I just want to make um, a, a few more comments and, and, and I think it's really uh, interesting how there's a, a similar process uh, that, that you take your clients through that we actually do at the Raskin Planning Group. Uh, and, and it's really, 
it's just being really thoughtful about um, about what you want to do, what you how you want it to 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 come about. So the first the first similarity I think is that that thoughtful, advanced planning and powers are are mutual clients. Mm-hmm. And then understanding what's most important to our clients is, is vital, again, from a financial planning perspective, as well as from, from a, a moving perspective. And then, then thirdly, organizing and consolidating uh, helps, helps our clients feel in control. You know, that's absolutely what you're doing. And we're doing the same thing. We're making sure our clients are, are, are organized and, and they feel uh, like they, they, get a, they have a real handle on, on what they have and what it can do for them. Mm-hmm. And, then, and making the decision. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the decision-making is so important. Right. And then this is a, something I know that you, you focus a lot on is a- anticipating and planning for the unexpected. You know, we, we just want our clients to be prepared and to have their expectations met in a, in a world where there, there can't really be, we're not certain of anything. And, you know, with, with any sort of, large uh, move or, uh, you know, over time, things just, things happen and you just have to be prepared for it. And I think your, Mm -hmm. your attention to detail and certainly our attention to detail as well helps resolve those issues as they come about because they will come about. And and then, then the, the fourth area is um, both Raskin Planning Group and out of the out of the box moves is we're we're objective third parties, you mm-hmm. know we we aren't judging, uh, we aren't vested and we're not we don't have that emotional baggage, we just ask a lot of questions <laughs> like like you described right, <laughs> and and in that way people really um, oftentimes reach their own conclusions that's best for them, and, and then finally uh, you know we both you and I, you know, we've been through this before, you know, while every client, every move is different, every financial plan is different. Um, we, we've seen, we've seen so many different um, circumstances that we're able to, to, to help our clients make those decisions and get through uh, the, the, the transaction. In, in your case, it's, it's a move. It, mm-hmm. it, in our case, it, it may be a long-term planning objective uh, around retirement, for example. Uh, but there's a lot of similarity. And, and I think most right. it comes around uh, uh, planning, thinking ahead. Yes. Yes. So, because we don't want to be a last minute, I have to move out of an emergency. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That becomes such a burden then for everyone. Right. Well, Amy, this has been a, a great discussion, and and I really appreciate you spending so much time with us, and and uh, and I, I'm hopeful that uh, many of our listeners will will give you a call. So thank you. Well, thank you so much, Peter, for having me. I really enjoyed talking to you about this, and yeah, I it's an important profession for people to know about because not a lot of people know that there's actually a move manager out there and we are here to help in many ways. <laughs> oh, good. Well, thank you. Amy and Peter, this was fantastic. So thank you so much, Peter, for bringing Amy on. Amy, I can't tell you how invaluable your service is. I mean, it's so amazing to hear all the things that you're doing because self-confession here, I bought my home in 2012. I still have three or four boxes in my garage that are still not unpacked. So (laughs) the fact that you go through and help them unpack and arrange things, 
that is a huge stress relief because you've got so many other things to deal with. So, no, I, I thought that was fantastic and, and great content today. Peter, thank you again for bringing thank Amy you. on. Sure. Thank you. Thanks, Eric. All right. And the last thank you always goes to you, the listening audience. Thank you for tuning in and listening to the Wealth is in the Details podcast with Peter Raskin. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Peter comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Raskin Planning Group, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Wealth is in the Details podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Peter Raskin is a registered representative of Lincoln Financial Advisors. Securities offered through Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation, a broker, dealer, member SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Sagemark Consulting, a division of Lincoln Financial Advisors, a registered investment advisor. Insurance offered through Lincoln Affiliates and other fine companies. Raskin Planning Group is not an affiliate of Lincoln Financial Advisors. Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation and its representatives do not provide legal or tax advice. You may want to consult a legal or tax advisor regarding any legal or tax information as it relates to your personal circumstances.